um, let's talk about you. We, I wanted to come on here. I, I was so excited to see you were coming back. So you've, um, well, first of all, welcome to the show, Tara, entrepreneur, <laughs> the one and only Lashpreneur. Your hair color looks beautiful, by the way. You went lighter. Blondes have more fun in my world. <laughs> oh, well, I politely disagree. <laughs> so you've experienced some pretty major life changes. You moved. Yeah, I quit. <laughs> I mean, you relocated. Like that's, I mean, you moved across the country. That's definitely a big um, move. During a pandemic, no less, because, you know, that's the popular thing to do is like move across country while everybody's trying to avoid each other. Mm. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that might've been actually ideal. Like a lot, a lot of people to deal with when you're driving. <laughs> yeah. Open roads. Yeah. Um, um, tell me what, what's, you know, sparked all of this. Oh my gosh. Where do I start? It was a rainy day in February of 1984. No, um, business ownership is a bitch of a ride and I don't think I need to state the obvious, but yeah, it, with the pandemic hitting, it really brought to light a lot of stuff that I was already struggling with. And I think we all kind of went through this internal reflection of like, well, now what? Right. So as our industry tanked, so did my business. Right. So it was just, we were all kind of in this together. And my husband has PTSD tied to his military service, but it also has to do with the noise level of our children. And so when the kids came home, and he could stop, he didn't really have a support system. He couldn't go do things that he would do, like work out to regulate his mental health. And now I work from home too. And it just became so much harder for me to be, show up as an influencer, right? And to show up to try and help all these people where they're like, I don't know what to do. My business should shut down. I'm like, I'm a business coach. Like if you can't run your business the way that you want to, I, I was just struggling to find a way to even help with that. And so I put a lot of pressure on myself to try and recreate things. You know, I lived in California at the time and it just, with me being the primary breadwinner and then the industry tanking and my sales tanking, it became really hard for us to justify staying there just because that's where I grew up and that's where my family was. Yeah. And we had talked about moving out of state. My husband's originally from Oklahoma. So we had talked about moving to kind of a more smaller town, not just this six lane freeway, you're always either in traffic or just cement right. everywhere. Um, and for my own mental health, like for me, being in nature was one way to calm myself and regulate myself. So I was really looking for more nature to be a part of. And the beauty about what I do is I can work from anywhere. You know, my business is hundred percent online. And so we kind of just looked at a map and started pointing at places that kind of met the criteria of good schools and, you know, the lifestyle that we wanted and the community that we wanted and settled on this suburb of Nashville. And when we came out to visit in August, um, just so many things were in alignment. Like the universe was just clearing the way. Our house sold very quickly. It sold for over asking price in Southern California. We had just bought it the year before and already made, you know, almost six figures in revenue in, or in um, equity because the housing market just went bananas over the pandemic. So all of a sudden we had some margin now. And to me, that was really what I was craving at that time because so much of just our world was stressed and in panic and in fear. I couldn't be on social media and lead because 
so much of the pressure of what was going on in the world and Black Lives Matter and all of these communities expressing themselves so deeply and in so much pain, it became really hard to be a part of that or witness what was going on and, and participate in the conversations when my own life was struggling so much. So it just became really heavy in a lot of ways. And I think a lot of us experienced that. I know some people had great years, um, but I think a lot of us really just had to look at our lives and start making choices that we wouldn't have made otherwise maybe. So in September, October, we picked up from California, moved across country to Nashville and uh, left all of our support system. And here they were as shut down as they were in California. So at least our kids could go back to school, but it really put a lot of strain and stress on my husband and I. Um, again, I was still trying to keep the business going. And with the team I had built out, it just became more responsibility and handholding and firefighting. I mean, I was in meetings every day. I love, sorry, I just had to comment that you said what? that. You said firefighting, firefighting. like putting fires all day. Yeah, like you were just constantly no. firefighting all I'm the time. Sorry, I just love that term. <laughs> I wasn't actually <laughs> battling fires. Just no, I, I, I totally knew what you meant, but I just like, I've never heard anybody put it in that term. Really? Like oh. fires. Yeah, no, I've never heard that. And I yeah. really it. So yes, like when you build out a team, you think, oh, amazing, they can come in and take over. But really, it just becomes if if you don't train your team right, or they don't feel empowered to do things themselves, then they're just relying to you, and now you're having to do multiple people's jobs and your own job. Uh, yeah. So it was about November that I really had a significant breakdown. I was crying every night. I was non-functioning. I tried to take four days off by myself at a hotel and just was really depressed and thought about going to a 30 day, um, like a rehab, except they don't really have rehabs if you don't have substance abuse, I've found. So it was really hard for me because I was trying to avoid like drinking excessively and going down the path where I was trying to numb. I really wanted to be proactive in taking care of my mental health, but my insurance didn't cover it. I'm self-employed. So I have kind of like the bare minimum government insurance. And we were going to spend $30,000 for me to basically go to like mom boot camp in a sense for 30 days because I was that low. And I thought, you know what, if we're going to spend that kind of money on that, not that it's not justified, but I think for maybe like $10,000, I might be able to find a way to make this work. Or I want to try other options before completely committing to going into debt to take care of myself. Right. Cause that's, that can be compounding. Cause that layer of stress right. just, now added the money that it's like this vicious cycle because yeah. it's so, not just grand when you're going in debt it's interest over however long it's going to take you to pay that off and that's not money i had laying around so yeah pretty taxing on your soul <laughs> right so you know i kind of I, I kept trying to find a therapist here because my california therapist wasn't licensed here so she couldn't really support me all that much um tried to get into self-care but again was still managing the team still felt like i had to show up for the business we were trying to launch the lashpreneur society again which launches are just a very complicated beast. Yeah. And then in mid January, right around Martin Luther King day, we got COVID. So we, this, so this is like, um, just to be clear. So this is, um, what are we in June? This is a this five, months is ago. five months ago. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I feel like I lost a year. Some people say January. I'm like, this is <laughs> last one. Is it January now? January, yes. When is it? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So January of 2021, we got COVID mid, mid January. 
And uh, my husband got it first and his, his symptoms were really mild. I actually never tested positive for it because my rapid test came back negative. And then once I got it, they're like, there's no point in testing, but it hit me the hardest. And for me, like the main symptom that was just unbearable was body aches. Um, but I never had any respiratory issues, did lose smell and taste, all that. But I got because of the pain and because of how long it lasted, I couldn't have gone more than the 24 hours that it was really bad for me because of the pain, but I got into a really dark place because I was already battling my own mental health. Because the week before I remember telling my therapist, I was like crying on my bathroom floor being like, I wish something would happen to me where everybody would stop relying on me. I wish they would just all figure it out on their own. My team, my family, my kids, like I just couldn't have any more expectations on me. And sure enough, next week I get really, really sick and I'm out of the business for about two weeks because it took that long to kind of fully recover. There's also the kind of head fog that happens with COVID. So I still feel like I couldn't quite think straight and I couldn't quite process things as quickly as I normally could. Our kids were home the entire time. And so I'm sick trying to take care of the kids. Um, luckily they never had any symptoms. Um, so they were just bouncing off the walls and it just I got to the point where I was like, what life did I create that I don't want to go back to them? How did I get so far depressed and down this rabbit hole that I don't want to go back to life? And it's not that it was suicidal, thank God, but I did not want to continue living however I was living. And that was my wake up call. And it was almost the sense of like giving myself permission to do whatever it was going to take to get me out of that state. And that's where letting go of the business was the only thing I felt like I could do at that time. I wasn't going to stop being a mom and I didn't want to give up my marriage. So the only other thing left in my life that was taking up a lot of my time and energy was the business. And so that's what happened. I, uh, how long the was the hiatus? the hiatus was about four months. How long was I closed? Four and a half months. Four and a half months. Okay. Publicly. So I, I went off the grid publicly, but our membership, our business coaching program stayed open the entire time. Uh, Cause about March um, I did have a company interested in acquiring the business. And so it was through that process of getting the business organized and starting to explain what the value of the business is and what the worth was that I recognized just how much there was already there, that there was something worth fighting for. So about mid March, I decided I wasn't going to sell and that I could change things and pivot the business and even a team to make it work where it still had impact. Cause I lost the impact that I wanted to create when I got so entrenched in just the day-to-day -day operations. And that just sucks my energy. I stopped loving coaching and showing up for my students and being a part of our community yeah. and connecting with people online and really just hid the past year and a half. Yeah. And once I kind of got that break and started focusing on the lifestyle I wanted to live and how the business could support that, it was like a light bulb went off of like, this is what you were missing. I was, having this business that I was creating my life around instead of the other way around of having the life I wanted that the business supported. Mm. So I love this story. I, I mean, obviously I'm sure you didn't enjoy the journey and the, when you were, eh, you know, you know, it's always, it's always yeah. going to work out in the end and just kind of got to suffer through some of the bad times to learn what you got to learn. Right. Right. But I, I just love the reset that it provided you. And it's, and it's tragic that you had to suffer not only mentally, but when it really went sour for you is when you physically were ill as well. So like your whole being was just like, what's the point of anything yes. and that is really relatable. Like yeah. everything that you just said right there, I am like, yup, 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 yup. Like, so it's, it's, it's so, um, common that, that 
everybody is feeling like this right now, you know? Our Instagram life is like, it should be perfect all the time. And it's so easy for everybody else. And they've got it all figured out. Like, what's like what people, what people wear? Like, I'm, I don't believe that. Like, I don't know. It, that's just never how it is. It's life is hard for everybody. And I don't pretend that it's easy for me either. So, you know, I, I have um, been having some thoughts too about the way that um, my business is as well. And I want it to be serving, excuse me, I would like it to serve me more rather than the other way around. Like right. you just come up to these decisions and you're like, God, like, why do I, why is it like this? Like, I don't seem to be enjoying this or maybe at one point I did, I don't really necessarily anymore. So it's just about making, making moves and honoring what is important to you. And I think when you're in a space of, um, I don't want to say peace, you know, but like you're more comfortable and you're happy and you, and you feel good about what you're doing. Everyone around you feels that too. So it's like, you can't just sacrifice yourself for the team or your family. Cause it's like, who does that work for there? That doesn't work. You know, it's like, for, Oh, for how long that might work for a week, but that's not sustainable. So it's important that, you know, as entrepreneurs and people that own companies that we're soundfully like doing well. And, and then it's, it really is important. So I'm proud that you were able to work it out and come to your own conclusions and make some strong decisions. I'm sure that weren't easy, but. No, yeah. and I still don't have it figured out. <laughs> yeah, do you're, you're better. And I'm like, not really, but I'm showing well, up because I'm bored. You're- <laughs> moving in the right direction yeah. how about that right you're refreshed is what it is yeah. yeah yeah and I I it it was amazing and it's so it is sad that like it takes sometimes these big events or life-changing events to get you some clarity on like the things that you should be doing for yourself normally but you just don't I don't know as a people pleaser and a martyr like you kind of prioritize everybody else's needs and wants over your own until you get to the point where you just can't do that anymore like you just either physically or mentally can't do it so even just working out was not something I prioritized over the past few years yet. Even when I, I started to work out, uh, end of March, knowing like scientifically, I know that helps with yes the feeling good hormones. And right now I, I need whatever I can get. So I don't even have to enjoy working out. I'm just going to do it because I need whatever benefits that's going to give my brain. Yeah. Uh, getting back on medications. I got back on antidepressants because I believe they work and Right now, my medication is not 100% where I want it to be. I am getting Reiki done and getting massages because I see how far I had to go to get to the rock bottom point because I wasn't doing these things and I wasn't prioritizing me because it felt selfish. And in a lot of ways, when I looked at the collateral damage of what my belief that I'm being selfish by taking care of myself caused, it had the opposite effect. I was now robbing my students of having an opportunity to have a space where they can collaborate with each other. I was robbing the knowledge that I can share with the community because I wasn't taking care of myself. And that's not fair to everybody else, especially because I feel like that's my purpose is to help other people. And my wanting to help other people more than I wanted to help myself had the opposite result of what I wanted. Yeah. I think that approach is bullshit. I'm just going to say it. It's just such a bullshit <laughs> thing that we do to ourselves. And I'm just not willing to do that anymore. You know, yeah. like I've had to be like, hey, you're not going to check email on Sunday. Like, that's just not something you're going to do, right? Where you just, I need a period of time where like, I'm not doing work things, right? Yeah. Like that's important for me. And I used to be like, oh, I'm going to get ahead of it. And 
And it's just like on Monday, I'm just like, all right, well, I kind of already worked all day on yesterday. So then here's the week again. So anyways, that's just, that's a stupid example, but it just, it's about putting yourself first and figuring out what you need and creating these boundaries and sticking to it. And, um, and just realizing like burning the candle at both ends, like doesn't help. It just really doesn't. So think about where that comes from. I mean, a lot of it is like, we're, we're high achievers. Business owners are type A personalities. Like we love the thrill of achievement, but for most of us, we will never outwork our desire for achievement. So even when we get to a level, we're already on to the next level. Yeah. So we'll never outwork your achievement. And that's kind of where building the life you want and having the business support that then you have almost this metric of, have I taken a vacation in the past year? Well, then why am I working so hard if I'm not going to go enjoy this? It's like right. scheduling the vacation before maybe you even have the money to afford it, but knowing you're going to get a break. And maybe you don't know what that vacation looks like, but you have it in your calendar and it's a non-negotiable for me in my lash business. My non-negotiable was not working nights and weekends because I had an eight month old son. I was like, I'm going to be home every single night to put him to bed, non-negotiable. So I built a business that supported that. And I didn't take clients that work nine to five because they couldn't come in on the hours that I was available. So Mm -hmm. it's just getting clear, especially as, as business owners, we have such this unique opportunity to be in charge of our own schedule and not work somebody else's like you'd work here, you get paid this much. Like we are in full control of that. And there's a beauty and also, you know, like a lot of responsibility and pressure that comes with that. Yeah, you're, you're correct. And um, you just reminded me of something that I am. Um, I think it was Ed Milet said this, he calls, he calls that horizon thinking where mm-hmm. like you're never ever you're setting yourself up to never reach the end point. And I think that Tim Ferriss, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I like to say all the names that I know. So I'm like, yes, yeah. I take a lot of tidbits from these people because they're, I just really admire the vibes they've built and the wisdom. I just take a lot from them. So I think um, Tim was saying, Tim Ferriss, where he was like, you know, obviously type A people are overachievers we get it. That's what that means. He's like, you really want to be, um, you know, really strong, right? Really overachiever. Do nothing. Try doing nothing. Take a nap. So hard. The hardest thing. And I doing nothing. People can't do that anymore. It's, It's, it's very challenging for people to just sit and not be inundated with marketing and messages and the urge to, you know, produce and, you know, be productive. FOMO is a real thing. And for type A's, that is, FOMO is awful. We already had that before it became a thing. Yeah. So yeah, it's a word for it. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's interesting because one of my one-on-one coaching clients sent me a message. She's like, I feel like a little bit of an underachiever. I'm like, what? Like this girl is starting her second business. She just completing her teacher certificate and she's a single mom of two boys. And I'm like, you're an underachiever. And just how much this messaging is just ingrained in her. And I'm like, if anybody else, if you compare pedigrees of what she accomplishes in a day and a week, she'd be far and away above running circles around everybody else. Yet her narrative, her belief is that she's underachieving because she hasn't met some made up metric. She said, this is what achievement looks like or production looks right. like. But that keeps moving. Yes, it's that target moving. keeps moving. I, again, that's a bullshit approach. Like we're setting ourselves up. It's like not loving yourself. It's, that's really, it's the narrative internally is often abusive. And I find it funny that, um, if you came to me and you're like, Janelle, I'm down, I'm this, I'm whatever. I would extend this gratitude to you and this comfort and this kindness and be kind to yourself. But it's funny that we can't extend that inward. For ourselves. Yep. 
it's like, I would never be like, you're an underachiever, work harder. It's like, you're not good enough. You suck at social media. Why didn't you go live? You look like a mess on social media. What's wrong with you? (laughs) I wouldn't be your friend if you talked to me that way. But, you know, we, we just are, as women, we're just caretakers. So it's like, I, I can't even tell you how many moms that I hear them say, you know, they're basically wearing the backpack of the world and just carrying around that pressure. So, you know, it's, it's challenging, but I think that nobody really has it figured out. And I think anybody that says they do, I think is, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know if I believe that because everybody's life is so different where it's like, what works for you might not work for me. And, you know, everybody's goals and it should live. Everyone's on their own playing field. Right. So it's just like, I don't know, maybe, maybe because you could have your own systems that you do, but I don't know. Life can, life can life, right. And throw all that out the window. And then you're like back to square one of like, all right, having to pivot everything you thought was normal. So it's hard to be like, yes, I'm married to this system where like, that's, you know, not reliable. Being a business owner is we're on the journey. It's not the destination. It's about the journey that we're on and who we're becoming and the life that we're building. Cause the cool thing about being a business owner is we create something from nothing. So there really is no template because what you've created is unique to you in your life. So even if you're comparing yourself to the lash artist down the street, who's fully booked, she may be cool working 12 hours a day, but you've got a family to take care of. So you can't work more than six, but trying to compare yourself to what she's doing and she's achieving, or maybe she's charging $30 a fill and you charge 60. So you don't have to work as hard to make as much money yet. We automatically compare ourselves and we are following them on social media by some made up obligation that I got to know what she's doing to stay relevant and stay competitive. But yet every time you log on social media, you're just depressed and like feeling this FOMO, like I should be doing more. She posts every day, her colors, her feet is beautiful. Like, I mean, I've definitely had that with some of the other lash brands where I'm like, wow, I should be doing more. I should be, why are their videos so good? And like, why can't I find a video editor? And yeah, I also have to give myself some grace of like my personal life is show right like oftentimes it's I'm constantly being pulled in a million different directions I'm lucky if I show up on social media at all that day you're like let's start there right (laughs) you're lucky I picked up my phone (laughs) right what's one thing I can improve upon today that would feel good that would feel in line with what I want not what social media is telling me I want right yeah and I I just on a personal note like I that's totally relatable I've kind of gotten to this new place with social media where I'm just I'm just not participating on that level anymore of like, I'm not letting it take control of like my emotions like that. Like I don't, I'm not participating in that. I watched that movie, The Social Dilemma. And I was like, that's a problem. Like recognize that that's happening. Try to work on that and be present and notice and pay attention to the feelings that you have when you're on social media and have a purpose when you're on there. And because it, it's a really great tool, obviously. A tool. It's not it's, life. It's a tool. yeah. Just but just use it wisely and realize like it's like with the Wizard of Oz. You realize there's a curtain there, right? Right. <laughs> you can look, like let's just hey Mark Zuckerberg how you doing jig is up though right like it's not this perfect world you get a peek behind the curtain you realize everybody's life is hard and everyone's struggling so it's like I think we all recognize that's happening but it's now we have to like live that and like really know okay remember hey that feeling is coming up of whatever it is check that you know check it and just be like oh okay you know doing it again and just try to be um in control of that. So I've been working on that really hard. So the past like year, I'm just like, eh, I've just lightened up my 
look outlook on that. So, but I want to hear from you. So you've, you've made progress and you're going in the right direction and you're kind of climbing out of that hole or on your ladder, maybe <laughs> at the last one, but you're not at the bottom anymore. So can you just share like, what are some of the things like that maybe someone else that's going through this, um, or having a hard time? Like what are actual things that somebody can do that you did that worked for you that's to I wish I had like, here's the five steps to get yourself out of depression. Uh, But it's really a lot more mindset of being, what I found is so much of what we do is driven by almost a robotic behavior. So even just logging onto social media or checking email, like it's just something we do first thing in the morning, just being intentional about what it is you want, what it is you're working for. What is the goal that doesn't have to be tied to money or achievement? What, how do you want to feel at the end of the day? Do you want to feel like you made women beautiful? Great. How many women? Three, three women today. Great. Do you have three clients? No, let's go find some clients and just being intentional about what, what do you want? So oftentimes people say such vague statements. I want a successful business, right? Like I want to be fully booked. What the heck does that even mean? They're great terms. Yeah. But what does that even mean? How do you define success? Well, I want to be a six figure lash business owner. Why? Okay. You can make six figures if you charge 40 bucks and you work seven days a week and you work 10 hours a day, but is that what you want? Probably not. You could raise your prices. Oh, well, nobody will pay that. But again, that's your business and your life. And if you want to have that six figure income, but more so have the lifestyle of a six figure earner, usually we want the lifestyle and we want the security and the stability that we think this revenue number or this sales amount is going to get us. So Mm. how can we start to look for areas and identify proof and evidence that maybe we already have that security and stability? Do you have food on your table at night? That can give you security and stability. Do you, are your children safe in their beds tonight? That can give you security and stability. So this mythical number of six figure business, which is like just made up that people think it's going to be. It's hori- that's horizon thinking. Once I get to a hundred thousand, I'm going to yeah. be, I'm going to be this. Or once I get here, I'm going to be this. But like, what about being what you want now? So that's beautiful. So what I'm hearing is you're, you're being more present, bringing more awareness to your life and being grateful for what you already have. And that's beautiful. So did you, did you write these things down when you woke up in the morning? Like a lot of therapy. (laughs) I I'm in therapy too. I encourage everybody to be in therapy. Therapy is such a, has such a stigma attached to it. Like it's just talking and talking out your problems and getting it out of your body and getting hopefully unbiased, helpful advice. So I think that's beautiful. So yeah, for yeah. me, therapy is um, AI process externally. So I like talking through things because in my head, I'll ruminate on problems and it's hard to problem solve when you keep spinning in your head. So mm-hmm. sometimes even just verbalizing it out loud um, because a lot of those conflicts and a lot of those things I got to work through have to tie with my husband. It's hard to like do conversations with him. So having this unbiased person who's got my back and maybe can pick up on words that I use that like indicate where a limiting belief would be or where a trauma might be coming up, where I filled in the gap of, you know, what I think is happening versus what's really happening. Yeah. 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 It's, it's really, really valuable. And if you have a best friend that'll do that with you, that's awesome too. It's just, um, for me, it was really getting clear on what kind of life I want. And so for me, like I have time to garden now, like I'm, I'm, I'm really into gardening and like growing vegetables and stuff. It's hilarious, but that was not something I took time to do. I have a hobby now, which I've, my hobby has always been work. People are like, Oh, what do you do for fun? I'm like, 
uh, listen to podcasts about business or watch YouTube videos. You're, on- like, you're like, do you spreadsheet? You don't do that on the weekends for fun. Um, <laughs> so yeah, just recognizing that there's more to life than just business. And yes, there's periods. I always look at it as like a pendulum. There's going to be periods in my life when I'm going to be really focused on business and periods in my life when I'm really focused on family, but knowing that the pendulum will always swing back or like a season for a season, I'm going to be really busy with work. And then I'm going to have a season of rest because we can't just constantly be working all the time because then we're going to burn out. We're going to get injured. We're going to not enjoy what we've been creating and working for. And that's so opposite of the journey that we go on as business owners. We want to create something, but also enjoy the life that we live too. I agree. And I, I find that a lot of lashers, they'll work on Sundays, they'll work, you know, they'll get. Because this one client can only come in on this one day and I've got to bend over backwards for this one client rather than this is my business. She'll find somebody else, but I want to take Sundays off. I love that. So that's a great tip for anybody that is maybe feeling super anxious. Cause what's that quote? Like if you're anxious, you're thinking about the future When you're depressed. You're thinking about the past when you're in the moment, like you're usually none of that. Yeah. Right. So it's funny. Um, it's like this future really is this made up construct. It's like, have you, it's just such a weird place where it's like, that doesn't even exist. If you really think about it, the future. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a, always just right now. Control. Yeah. You just want to control what's ahead. And if I, if I know, a, if I'm a good enough guesser about what's going to happen in the future, then I have control, but it's still not within your control. It's just but like, is the guess, are you just creating that? Cause it's mindset and you're, and you're just making that happen. Yeah. I don't know, but it's, it's almost like manifestation. Like I think really bad things are going to happen in the future, which is why I have anxiety. Yep my constant thought process of this bad thing happening, I end up basically creating that reality. Yes. So what can you feed your brain that would actually serve you? Like what is a happier thought? So if you have a belief of like bad things happen, which is something that I've dealt with, like bad things just happen. Well, what if I started believing, even if I didn't like fully emanate it from my soul, that good things happen. What are the good things in my life that have happened? How can I start to come from a place of gratitude? Like you talked about for the things I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for the fact that I have a business after the pandemic. I'm grateful for the fact that there are people who want to hear what I have to say. Maybe not everybody. And I'm going to piss off a lot of people, but there are people that really love what I have to say. And I'm grateful for the fact that, you know, I have air in my lungs, like get real simple in an overwhelmed state. Right. Right. There's so much to be grateful for because there's just so many people that have so much less where we often as people, we compare up because that makes us feel worse. And I don't mean to compare yourselves to anybody, but as humans, we, we do that. Right. But it's like, if you just compare down, if like, you're like, all right, I'm a shitty parent. Right. And you like, go to the grocery store, take a little walk around and see how, how some other parents treat their kids. And you're like, all right, maybe I'm not so bad, but you look to other, you know, we, we just look upwards and often. And a lot of people think that money is the answer. Right. Like I just had more money, but you can also look and find proof of a bunch of miserable people. Like look at Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates, both had major affairs on their wives, getting a divorce, having to split up all that money that they spent so many years building. It's like money does not equate happiness. You can find some of the poorest countries have some of the most joyful people. So maybe there's not something to where money equals happiness. Maybe happiness is an internal game. It doesn't, that doesn't. And I, there's so many people I follow that like preach that from the mountaintops, like Gary Vee. I think that's his biggest point that he wants people to understand. Like, yeah, you want to be a fucking entrepreneur. Great. But like, what's the end game is just that you think you're going to be happy when you get there. Like, that's not it. And you'll find that out real quick. 
Yeah. When you it's get, yeah, it's very true. Um, yeah, it's, it's really, um, we're in just an interesting time, I think, right? But I'm, I'm glad to see that more people are taking the time to focus on themselves. And I think at the end of the day, what we really want is just connection and feeling happy and like getting together with a friend and laughing and just kind of simple life stuff, you know? I don't know. That was taken away from us over this past year. Like how much does just going out for girls night out matter? Like traveling, getting on an airplane, like all these things that were just kind of part of life before that were taken away from us. Even just getting together with friends for a barbecue is, you know, when that becomes a scary thing and now all of a sudden, now that vaccines are increasing and we're kind of getting back to normal, how fulfilling just something as simple as being around other people is, you know, yeah. even going into the grocery store kind of a thing. It's, it's the beauty of life. I, I, I'm very grateful the pandemic happened for so many different reasons, but also the fact that I think in a lot of ways, this was the greatest learning lesson that so many of us in this generation can learn because we're all just so tied to our phones and we're all so busy and we're all so fast paced with social media and the internet and how much that's impacted our world. And really, if you get back to the simplicity of like connection, relationships, yeah. friendships, marriage, like those are the things that over the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years of your life, that's going to be what you remember and what's significant to you. Not, did I piss off this client? Cause I didn't work on a Sunday a year from now. You're not even going to think about that. I think that there's going to be in the next couple of years, um, a shift in business ownership, I think. I mean, my hope is for a lot of people who had a business that this was an eye opener that you really got to get to know your numbers and have a nest egg and something that's going to stay you through. Likely we won't have another pandemic. God, I hope not. But there are ups and downs, economy recessions, those kinds of things that happen that you need to have stability in your business, whether the, the ups and downs of it all. And if you're just living paycheck to paycheck and you have to rely on government support if there's a dip in the economy or the business, that that's not very safe and stable, which is likely why you got into business in the first place. And I'm all for people not being business owners. Like it's not the easy way to make money. There's a lot easier ways to make money in this world than running a business. I, th I think that more people need to hear that too, where like they think that, I, I mean, I don't want to speak for anybody. I don't know what they think. I think they think that they're going to have more freedom, flexibility and make more where yes, you can check some of those boxes, but it's usually not the case, right? So you sometimes sacrifice one for the other, where it's like, all right, now I have more freedom, but maybe I'm not making as much at the end of the day when you get your taxes paid and all of these insurances and somewhat hidden expenses that people don't account for. Right, um, the hiring a team, you're like, oh, they're just gonna come in, I'm gonna make so much more money, I get to take time off. And then you realize like, oh, I actually have to manage this team. Otherwise I'm just spending all my time hiring and firing or you know, having a warm body in there. And then there's taxes and there's fees and there's lawsuits and there's legalities of having a team. And it just, it's not always that simple. And I think in a lot of ways, it's that comparisonitis again, where they're looking at, oh, I should, I, in our industry, it's like, you become a lash artist, you become fully booked and you hire. That's like whatever, whoever the king of lash world is, that's the path that you take. So I think you missed a step. It's starting a product line. Yeah, there you go. Oh, everybody <laughs> needs a product line now too. Yep. Mm -hmm. I'm go online and sell my lashes and it'll be great. I'll just get them from China and nobody will complain about them and they won't bitch about re retention and blame it on me and blast me in the forums. It's, it, you have to love entrepreneurship and business and the challenge it's going to give you, because no matter what you decide to do as a business owner, it's meant to challenge you because you've never done it before. 
But the cool thing is, is that nobody is born knowing how to do it. There is no baby coming out of there that knows how to evaluate a spreadsheet to know if you're profitable or not. It's something that can be learned and you have to enjoy learning and always be a student of your business and growing it and know that it's, it's meant to have failure. It's meant to make mistakes because that's how you're going to learn to do it better the next time. It's not you fail, you quit, you give up. You'll never reach success, but it's just having that, developing that understanding that you're on the journey, not waiting for the destination to come. Yeah. It's that, that's so how I live. Yeah. Very important to me to be in the present. And, but there's also value too, of having, if you have a business, like um, there needs to be people that like only think about the future. Right. So like there's, there's benefits of having a, a team that thinks differently. Like it's like strategy, right. Where it's like, yeah. these people are, they're thinking 10 steps ahead. We're like, I'm living for today. Right. And just like, what are we doing today? Right. Well, like but- visionary versus, or like the, the president versus the CEO, like the person who does the day-to-day stuff, who loves the processes, the systems and the scalability. And then there's a person that's thinking about innovation. What's new. What are we going to, what's the five-year, 10-year plan. Like if you want a scalable big business, you need both of those because I, I'm much of a visionary. Like I can see how we can get to $10 million or a million dollars or what product lines, how we can serve people better. But the day-to-day operations is not my strength or my skill set, And that's where I spent a lot of last year is being in that operational side of things. And it sucked the life out of me. Yeah. And so if you are wanting to grow a team and all that, you need both of those components because it's a yin and yang, right? It's how you it's like the checks and balances. And I believe you and Paul are very much like that. I mean, as far as I understand, he's very much the systems processes, the day-to-day operations, right? Yeah, for sure. The systems and the the education, the impact, like that, that big goals. Product development, working on the packaging, like all of that stuff, but he's doing, and then we have a COO too, where he does all the logistics and just general operation stuff. So yeah, we have quite the team and, um, Everybody plays such an important role. Yeah. I could not um, do it all on my own for sure. Now, do you have any advice for anybody that maybe is in a tough spot with their business and maybe wants to make some changes? Like, yeah, I think the biggest thing is just, again, getting clarity. I love the term start with the end in mind. So when you're overwhelmed or you don't know what's not working, what's working, or you're trying and you just can't figure out marketing or getting clients or retention or anything, start with what the goal is and get clear on it. Specific. None of this, I want a successful business. Like where do you want to be? Let's say at the end of the year, right? It's very basic goal setting of, I want to make $70,000 this year. Okay. Well, it's June right now. You're six months in. Where are you at? Have you reached $70,000? Have you, or not, have you reached half of that? No. Well, then how much do you have to make up? Well, I've only done 20,000 this year. Okay. So you have $50,000 to make up in the next six months. What do you need to average each month in sales to reach your goal? So we're starting with the end goal and then we can break it up into bite-sized steps. Because if I just look at, I want to make 70,000 this year, I might feel overwhelmed because I'm only at 20,000 rather than having action steps that, you know, you can even break it down by day. I need to be doing $400 in sales a day, working five days a week to get me to my goal of 70,000. That way we're breaking it down into bite-sized chunks instead of the overwhelm of, I can't do it. And oftentimes, and I just had this conversation with one of my team members who is just, she lives in Toronto where they're still shut down and she's just so overwhelmed. And I I checked in with her. Can I ask how many people that you have on your team now? Um, so I let everybody go when I quit. Um, and I have a couple of overseas virtual assistants. I think we have three of those. I have one person who runs the operations and one person who oversees 
our community and kind of our um, educational side of things. So five total. So yeah, we had, I think seven or eight um, previously. So your gal in Toronto. Yes, so she, she was, she's super overwhelmed. She's still processing all of the trauma of this past year. And I asked her like, what is your gut telling you that you're not giving yourself permission to do? And she said, I don't want to reopen my business. She's like planning on moving. It just felt too overwhelming. Her rent was crazy expensive. I said, great, give yourself that permission to not reopen your business. And just the weight that like, that just released from her shoulders, even when she was like, okay. So now it's, you know, if she needs to make money now, it's like, well, how much money do you need now to replace what you were making? What options do you have? Just brainstorm, get creative instead of putting yourself in like limitations. I can't do this. This isn't responsible. Like in the reality is, is like her, um, at least in Canada, they were getting a decent amount of money to get through the pandemic, right? Like here in the US, but they were being provided for. She has a boyfriend that she lives with that makes decent money, didn't have to shut down or anything during the pandemic. She's like, in reality, I don't have to make that much money to replace any sort of income that was coming in. Maybe she doesn't have the growth potential that she had when she does, she had her own business, but the amount of stress it was causing her was making her quality of life go down. And so what I love to do when people are really stuck on like, even just client confrontations, do I fire this client? Do I keep this client? I always take the emotion out of it. What is the goal here? It doesn't always serve your business or you to just write off clients and think that they're crazy. I love when people take responsibility for their own actions, whether it's I marketed to a client that doesn't respect my time or I let them walk all over me or they were late four times and now I'm pissed off that they're late. Like that was all decisions that you made that created that client. So it doesn't make sense to fire every single client. And most clients probably don't know what your policies are. Just because you have them plastered on your website doesn't mean they understand them. You have to communicate them. So what is it that you're in control of? Can't control whether somebody else shows up to their appointment on time, but you can enforce consequences that make sense for your business. Policies are meant to keep your business open and meant to have happy clients. That's why policies exist. It's not a way for you to shame or punish your clients. So yeah, just looking at what is the goal I have and then breaking it into like bite-sized pieces where it feels less overwhelming. And maybe today I can do one thing that might help me work towards my goal. Maybe today I can learn one reel I can do to get more eyes on my social media. I don't have to plan out 60 different reels. I'm just going to figure out one and maybe it'll suck, but it'll probably get more views than if I took that same time and created a post. But you did it, right? And what I just heard from that was accountability. Like, how is anybody ever going to do better when they're not even recognizing their their part in it? You yeah. have to take a step back and be like, hey, like the no-show policy. That's a perfect example for artists where it's like you get mad at clients, but at the end of the day, during your consultation, did you hold them accountable and say, you know, are you aware of this policy? You have this conversation where that's on you, right? Lack of communication. If clients know that they can reach out to you or you don't have a way for them to feel comfortable to reach out to you, it's a, it's a missed expectation, right? And that's a great opportunity. I think bad reviews are the greatest opportunity you have to refine something that wasn't working. And yep. sometimes if you're probably given the universe will give you a couple of chances to figure it out on your own, but then they're really going to get your attention by something like a bad review. And it feels icky and it feels threatening and you want to blame that person for being a nasty beast. But at the same time, you attracted that person into your business. You did not communicate well enough that she understood. Now, maybe you did as much as you're willing to do to communicate and she just chose not to hear it. That's fine. That's not on you. 
However, you can always respond to reviews in a way that makes future clients think you're not the crazy one because we can all spot a crazy person even in their bad review like she's just bananas <laughs> especially when the business is like here's what here's the facts of the situation we're so you know unfortunately this yeah. relationship just isn't going to move forward and you're not the crazy person in that situation so there's always ways to find a solution and to be creative and problem solving but when you're depressed when you're feeling overwhelmed when you're not creative when you have not filled your own love tank you're not going to come up with great solutions because the mindset that created the problem is not the same mindset that can find the solution. And so self-care, if you find like you have to force yourself to do something, your body, like you said, checking in with your body, maybe I need rest right now. Maybe I need to take a break. Maybe I need a weekend away. Maybe I don't need to work a sixth or seventh day a week because I am not my best in that. And if I'm not my best, I am increasing the likelihood of bad reviews, bad customer service, angry clients, because I'm just being bitchy because I'm tired, right? Simple as that. I'm just being bitchy because I didn't get enough sleep or I never got a moment to, you know, be in a relaxation in your body where I just want to continue to perpetuate this message because so many people need to hear it. Self-care shouldn't just, I know we're we're famous for the self-care Sunday, but it's like, check in and like give yourself self-care 10 minutes if you need it on a Tuesday, like to just like take that 30 minutes. So um, yeah, big, big deal. Because like you said, you, you literally closed your business because you got to a point where I'm sure now you look back, obviously everything's hindsight is 2020. You could spot out the things that you could have made a better decision or you went left instead of right. For years, like my gut was telling me, take a break. I mean, even now, like right now, I'm like, I need a night away, like away from the kids because they are still getting up in the middle of the night. Their chaos starts at 6am. Like I need a break. And it's scary for me to ask for that. But I also know like, okay, Tara, this is the lesson you just had to go through. Like, let's not keep doing this. It's still a struggle, but I'm checking in like, okay, this is what I need in order to be refreshed. Just one night, you know? know. That sometimes it's all it takes is like a little bit of a long time. And I was saying to the girls the other day um, at the office, we're going to start working um, home from one of the days. And I was like, you know, I really don't ever get the opportunity to be alone that often. And I don't have children, so I can't even imagine how it is on your end. Obviously, that's- They're needy mother. (laughs) It's important, especially if you're somebody that um, needs to recharge like you physically need to have no other human beings around you. Introverts unite. Woo. To recharge though, really where I, I, I think I'm an extroverted introvert where like I clearly am extroverted, but I get drained over a period of time. So it's important for me to just to reset and have some alone time. And um, I just can't say that enough, like take some alone time. Like I think that people don't, value or recognize how important that that really is. So even if it's, if you have children, maybe it's just like 20 minutes of taking a walk around your neighborhood. I'm not saying like book a spa day and extend yourself. Do that though, but yeah. (laughs) No, but you know what I mean? Like if that's not what you're able to do right now, I'm saying like attainable goal, like go take a walk, you know, feel the wind on your skin, get some sun, like listen to the birds for 20 minutes. Don't bring your phone with you. See what that does to you. See how you feel after. I guarantee it's not worse. Even put like Enya or meditation music in your ear- AirPods while your kids are around. So, cause for me, it's like, if I hear mom, it just gets me into like productive achievement mode. And so I can't 
hear that. It's, it's hard for me to even settle at night, knowing that at any point my kids could wake up. So it's, it is so true. And what, to what you said, like being an extroverted introvert, you know, we have the way I like to look at it is like, if it's a football team, right. And we have our A, A players and our B players. Well, yeah, our A players get shit done, but we can't play them all the time because they get tired. So we have to put in our B players and maybe they're not, you know, going to take us to the end game, but they're giving our B our A players a chance to rest. And so kind of just using that, like when we're doing this, we're very extroverted, we're very social, we're engaging. But after this, I think we're both going to need to take like a couple of breaths and just have a minute to come down totally. and reset. And so it's like kind of just this game of chess, like who do I need to be playing right now? Can I pull back? Have I been playing my A players too much? Do I need to pull them back and put the B team in, right? And so it's just a constant, just again, intention about where is my time and energy? Why am I doing the things that I'm doing? Am I serving? Is it serving me first of all and foremost? And if it's not, then why am I doing it? What is driving that? So last question, I'm going to wrap this up. What's, what's next for you? What do you, what do you have coming up? Yes. Um, so actually, as far as kind of some takeaways that I had over the past, like four, four and a half months, I got clear on how businesses support the lifestyle you want. So I actually created a free training for that. Um, so we're releasing that starting early mid or late June. Um, it's called the overlook to fully booked masterclass. And it's how you create a business that supports your lifestyle and not the other way around. So, um, we'll be promoting that here shortly. Um, and then just, yeah, podcasts regularly every week, showing up and serving people answering business questions. However, I mean, I've helped a lot of people. So there are very few lash business struggles that I couldn't help somebody through. So anytime you guys have a question, feel free to DM me on the Instagrams at the Lashpreneur. Yeah. I, I love that you created a course from your struggle and that's what we all can do. We can learn and you took positive, positive things from that. And now you're here to help other people recognize where, you know, where there's a pothole in the road coming up. Yeah. Like, watch out. This is the head. You sprain your ankle. Trust me. <laughs> I'm going to leave a bruise. It's a doozy. You might want to. You felt on everybody. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, well, but thank you. I, I love what you're doing for the industry. I love what you've always been somebody that I, I, I respect your rawness and your honesty. Like you've always been in the forums preaching and I'm like, girl, you tell them. Like, <laughs> tell them that's how it is. And I think we need more of that, of like, just not sugarcoating and talking about what things really take. So, and you know, sometimes that's vulnerability and rest. And sometimes it's just being accountable. So thank you so much. I look forward to send me the information. I'll help promote this class. I think the stronger our lash artist community is, it, it just benefits everybody. We're all in this together. So um, I'd love to help you support that. We get together because uh, mama needs a trip. <laughs>